real as it gets. This is Nash Gruner, the son of Olivia Gruner, and you are listening to the UCW radio show in your face. The number you have reached, 911, has been changed to a non-published number. You're listening to UCW radio in your face. Give it to me, baby. All right, welcome to the UCW Radio Show, and we have another great guest that's going to be coming on the show momentarily. I just want to remind all our listeners to make sure to check out uh, one of my new shows. Well, it's not a new show. It's just uh, the 2014, uh, we'll call it season, of Money Never Sleeps. We're talking about anything and everything that impacts the flow of money anywhere in the world. Uh, we're going to be talking about, uh, we do speak about real estate, private equity, venture capital, technology, so on and so forth, and the movers and shakers out there. So you want to check that out and uh, make sure you check out the Money Never Sleeps magazine that comes out uh, every quarter. And you can find all this stuff out at ucwmagazine.com. Now, I know that a lot of uh, people love to laugh. They love comedy. And you probably know Last Comic Standing. It's a great show on NBC, and it's been getting uh, international recognition over the years. And this year, they are actually uh, stepping up the game with bringing on some serious comedians. And these guys are funny. And one of the funniest of the bunch we're going to bring on the show in a minute. He's been on you know, on tours uh, with Drew Carey to support the troops. He's been doing so much stuff, and we're going to get into all, all that stuff uh, in a minute. Okay, so uh, you know what? Let's just bring him on the show. Without further ado, let's bring on one of the most seriously funny guys out there that, that I've come across, Rocky Laporte. <laughs> all right, Rocky, welcome to the UCW Radio Show. How are you? I'm doing good, my friend. How are you, Lou? Pretty good, pretty good. Actually, I'm doing better than you've been. You've yeah. been busy, busy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a good busy, though, Lou. You know, it's really good. Yeah, you know, I I went into it earlier, and you don't know this, but you're going to know it now. I just uh, let the listeners know, you know, you're on last the last comic standing. But the reality is, you know, this... This show that you're on right now is only at the tail end of what you've been doing all these years. Yeah, it's 26 years of, uh, yeah, like people are just starting to get to know me after 26 years, you know. And um, it's great. And I, I'm in the top five of Last Comic Standing, and I didn't even have to sleep with Roseanne. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. I'm sure she was giving you the wink. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I had to fight her off with a stick. Yeah, she was like, hey, Rocky, how you doing? <laughs> yeah. She didn't like me at first, man. She tore me up a couple times there, and then and then she slowly, you know, kind of came over and, you know, became a fan. But in the beginning, she was kind of rough on me. Well, you got to expect it to be rough, especially, you know, if she's looking for something more out of you. You know, yeah. um, and then yeah. that, that's where it becomes interesting with the judging. When they, I think when they're rougher on people is because they expect something more out of them. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I think you're right. But then there were some guys that were on before me that, like, their sets, you know, and I'm not throwing anybody under the bus, 
But, I mean, their sets weren't that good. And she was going, oh, like, what a great writer, and you're really funny. And these guys were pretty much doing, like, pretty, like, basic, low-brow humor. And then I thought I had a decent set, and, man, she tore me a new one, you know. Yeah. But well, you know, the weird thing about it, Lou, is I got more fans from it. Everybody kind of came to my aid, believe it or not, you know. Well, I, I believe it, you know, because, look, yeah. I, I think what, what Rosie was doing, she was probably doing the reverse deal, reverse psychology. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, yeah, say, hey, yeah. good boy, good boy, you did good, and you're kind of going to be off the show soon, so, hey, good boy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, maybe. Maybe, yeah. Well, you, you gotta, you gotta, uh, you have to give people a little, uh, little incentive to keep going, and that, that's probably what she had to do. Uh, I guess. Okay, we'll go with that. We'll, we'll, we'll go with that. We got, we gotta be nice on the show a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so, so let, let's talk about how you got involved in comedy. I, I know now you're talking to a lot of media and everything else, and I appreciate you coming on, but I really want people to know your story because, you know, 20 somewhat years, over a quarter century, you've been doing this. And as you said, it's only now that people are taking notice. So, you know, let's tell them, you know, how you got involved in comedy in the first place. Well, uh, you know, the weird thing, I was actually driving a truck in Chicago. I was driving a truck and working on a docks. And uh, this is a true story. I got held up and I got shot. And then the place where I was working, they go, we're going to put you on a better route. I started delivering to prisons. Like, how bad is your job when prison is like a better route than what you were doing? <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. Well, at least they don't have guns, there. right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. But, uh... And then um, I was delivering there, and I was delivering furniture to some malls. And uh, there was a lady that worked, uh, they had these Bombay stores in the mall. Mm-hmm. And there was a lady that worked there, I'll never forget her, her name was Nancy Griffin. And she told me, she goes, did you ever think about being a comedian? Like, I used to go in there all the time and make her laugh. Mm-hmm. And Lou, it was like a, it was like a revelation, I swear to God. Like, it was like a, a light went off in my head and like, you know, light came down from the sky. Mm-hmm. And I went that night, there was an open mic, I started calling around and it was the Funny Bone in Schaumburg, Illinois. And they go, yeah, we have open mic tonight. And I went up and, uh, I did really good. And the guy goes, how long have you been doing comedy? And I go about five minutes, you know? <laughs> And uh, he goes, you want to come back this weekend? And it just kind of took off from there. And this is how dumb I was. Like, when I was a kid, like, I used to watch all those guys on TV, you know, Carlin and Cosby and Pryor. And, but I never thought you could do that for a living. Like, I never put that together. And then when she said, hey, why didn't you, you know? And I was always getting in trouble in school. I was a typical class clown and, you know, being a screwball and always making people laugh and... I never put it together that you could do that for a living, you know. But you know, <laughs> you know, you think about it. You've been doing it for a quarter of a century, and uh, yeah, you know, uh, I, I guess it takes you got to get hit in the head a little bit to for, for yep. things to get shaken up. But if you think about it, you know, you didn't think about this as a career because for you, you weren't looking to be a comedian. So how would you think about it as, hey, I can make a living doing this? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and you know the funny thing about it? Um, 
I used to drive this big, uh, like an 18-wheeler tractor-trailer. Right. And whenever funny stuff used to hit, I used to pull this tractor-trailer over the side of the road and write down things that I thought were funny. Like, this was even before I became a comedian or thought about. And I don't know why. Like, I, it was always like I was taking notes mm-hmm. of things that struck me funny or stories just to amuse my friends and, you know, tell people at, you know, a party or a gathering. <clears throat> And it was weird, but it was almost like I was writing and saving this material, and it, it came in handy. Like, it was almost like, uh, I don't know how to describe it. Like, it was something I was supposed to do, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I get it. It's kind of like you had your own social media before social media. You were doing it with yourself, and yeah. hopefully to spread it out yeah. later. <laughs> yeah, but how weird is that, that you're writing down comedic bits, and you weren't even a comic or knew you were even going to be on that path, you know? It, it, you know, it's it's interesting because, you know, as as I said, you know, you, you weren't looking to do this. You were doing it because you kind of, you know, you wanted to be funny. You wanted to make people laugh, but not for money. Mm-hmm. You just wanted to make people laugh. Go to a party, Absolutely. tell a joke. You get your families laughing. Have your, mo- your mother cracking up. You have, you have especially if you're married, mm-hmm. you're gonna have, you, you need your wife to laugh because happy wife, <laughs> happy life, man. <laughs> That's right, brother. Uh, you, uh, I remember when I was a kid, I remember being like about eight years old and I was at a, like, my cousin's house and all. I remember like my, it was a lot of adults at the table. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember exactly what I was saying, but I remember I had this whole table of adults laughing like that they were crying and like banging on a table. And I remember then just thinking like, wow, like what a, what a great thing. Like what a beautiful thing to do. Like it was almost like you had this little magic power. Like you go, look, look what's happening here. Like I'm making all these people like cry that they're laughing so hard. And like, I kind of knew at a young age, like I was able to do that, mm-hmm. but I, I never put it together to go, Oh yeah, I'm going to go on stage and do stand up. But I guess your life takes you where you're supposed to go sometimes, you know? Yeah, well, as you're going on the journey, you know, you have twists and turns and, you you know, and you have curves and you kind of map, you kind of like fall into what you're supposed to be doing with, with your life. And, and the mm-hmm. good good thing about what you do is that you have the ability to make people laugh, which, you know, when you make people laugh, you're laughing, you're, you're actually, you know, extending your life. So you're doing a good service. Yeah. And also it gives you the ability to pay it forward because you're out there now. Your face is out yeah. there. Everything's out there. Now you can do some, some good with kids and so on and so forth. Absolutely. And you know, you know the other thing I like too, like, you know, from doing it so long, like I have a, like a, a nice little fan base. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like I, I had a nice following in Cleveland and Detroit and Chicago, like all there, like in the Rust Belt and in the Midwest. But, uh, now like that I'm being exposed to more people all over the country. That's nice too. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I was hoping to get new fans and get a bigger following and work, uh, a little bigger venue, you know, because, um, you know, I've been doing it a long time, and it's not that I deserve it or anything like that. Like, it's just always nice to reach more people, you know, and, like, spread what you're doing. Well, you know, technology, TV, all this stuff helps, and it, it mm-hmm. gets people out more and more. When you have, I mean, look, let the truth be told, you have some guys that don't deserve it that get out there within within a day from doing some retarded stuff on a reality show and all of a sudden hey they they're, they're all over the place as superstars you know but what you're doing is and what what your uh 
with what your comedic uh, brothers and sisters are doing, they're actually bringing some quality, some enhancement out there because you make someone laugh. You know what? They may have been having a bad day. Who knows what they were thinking? Maybe they were thinking about, damn, you know, I'm, I'm married all this time. I, my head's pounding. They hear you and they start yeah, laughing and everything's good and they have a nice evening. You know, so you don't. You, you know what, man? That's the, you're right about that. Like, I've gotten a lot of, like, letters and emails from people saying that, you know, you go, hey, like, you know, my mom passed away and then, you know, we came to see your show and it was just, like, I think, you know, like, you, you can make a lot of people's days better and that, that makes me feel better, you know, like when, it's all those little things and when people take the time to just write you and say, hey, you know, uh, like, this happened in my life and then I saw your comedy and, like, it, it really is, it's good medicine and it does the same for me, like, it makes me feel good, you know? Well, because you know you're do you're you're bringing value to someone's life, and there's nothing better than doing that and getting paid to do it. You know, because you weren't chasing yeah. this for the money. No, no, not at all. And in the beginning, you didn't make no money, man. I, I, I remember one time, I was doing a gig in Atlantic City. This I first started. You know, I was maybe doing it like a year. Well, I think they changed and... the name, but this is called Bankrupt City. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah right <laughs> oh my god that poor place and uh I, you know it was sunday and i went to get paid and they go no no like you don't get paid here we send your check to your house in chicago and i was like man and i had to be in little rock arkansas like on tuesday right so i remember monday night driving i had a old, i had a 67 ford and uh i remember i was up in the mountains it was snowing I was driving from Atlantic City, and I was going to uh, Little Rock, Arkansas, and you had to go through, what is that, the Appalachians over there? Oh, or, yeah. Uh, Poconos, I don't know what the hell I was going through. But anyway, I was up in the mountain at nighttime, I remember I had to tear the back seat out of the Ford to get change to put in my tank to let the car run at night so I could leave the heat running, you know, like I had to sleep in the car. Right. Like, I didn't have no money to get to the next gig. I just made it with, like, gas money, and I didn't eat for two days. And, you know, I mean, I've slept in, like, dumpy motels and in airports. Like, so I think most comics that have been doing it a long time, they, they you do do it for the love because this ain't a job where you put in 25 years and they go, hey, you're going to get a retirement, a gold watch, and a show. Like, there's no guarantee. Like you might be a club comic the rest of your life, you know. So you better love what you're doing. Yeah, and and that's why you know, like when I do my show, I love telling the story of the journey because a lot of people don't hear this stuff. You know what people want to yeah, hear. Yeah. Or what when you go on a you go on the Tonight Show, Late Show, this show, that show. You know they want to know what you're doing now and what's going on with Last mm -hmm. Comic Standing. I'm interested in you know the the, the journey because. When people know that, when they see it, when they when they hear about the struggle and everything, like, wow, you know what? You this wasn't given to you. You earned it. Oh yeah, with a lot, and you know what, man? In a, in a weird way, it, it kind of cost me my marriage and a lot of guys I know that. You know, sometimes when you're away for a long time, it, it's it's hard to do. Like, got to be a real secure person being on the road. You know, and my wife was home and with the kids and you know that's hard too on a personal relationship yeah. you know well that that holds true for you know professional athletes you know uh and, you know, when you're, yeah yeah when you're away for a while yeah and people don't realize this too is that you know if you're married and you have a family at home 
when you're on the road, you're supporting two households, your home, home where your family mm-hmm. is, and you living mm-hmm. while you're on the road. Yep, yep, absolutely. So, yeah, when you make- know what, man, the road drives you crazy. I remember, like, I, I met guys like Hootie and the Blowfish, the Rolling Stones, like big people, and that's where they would talk about, like, how on the road, like, that they hated it, you know, like that. I, I remember in this one book, I think it was Keith Richards' book, he said every night they had to talk someone, like every night someone was going, screw this, I'm going home. And those guys are making like, you know, a hundred grand a night a piece, you know what I mean? Like, so mm-hmm. if that kind of money can't keep you out on the road, you you know it's hard, you know, like just living in hotel to hotel. Yeah, it's hard. You go to the venue, to the, you know, to the theater, to the hotel, you know? Well, you, you were living from car to car, so, you know, that's, that's tough. Yeah. That's tough, man. Yeah, yeah. Especially, you know, you're, you're in the, you're in, in the cold, you'll, you have to sleep in a car because you don't have money for a hotel. You know, this, this is stuff yep. that people don't realize, the struggle that, that happens, you know, cause it's mm-hmm. not, it's not an overnight thing, as you said. All right, but what I want to do, Rocky, I want to take a quick break, and I want our listeners to stay with us. And we're, we're going to be back with Rocky Laporte. We're going to we're going to talk about what you have going on now, and talk about a couple other things that you did because I want uh, our listeners to really get the uh, the juice out of you. So just stay with us. Okay, we're going to be buddy. right back. This is Chef Gavin Murphy with your one minute healthy cooking tip. For all my fellow fitness freaks out there, eating lean, high-protein meats like chicken, turkey, or even pork loin is part of our everyday diet. I get asked all the time, how do I make chicken breast juicy and not dry and overcooked? This is how. Season the breast with salt and pepper and sear in a drizzle of olive oil in a hot pan until golden on both sides. Preheat your oven to 400 degrees and place the breasts on a foiled oven tray. Pour one cup of chicken broth on the tray and pop it in the oven for six to seven minutes. What's going to happen is the broth will create steam in the oven while the chicken is cooking and add moisture to the meat. And that's my secret. Also, very important, guys, once you take the chicken out of the oven, let it rest for three to four minutes, and this will also keep all the juices in the breast. For more tips and information on me, go to my site, gavinmurphy.com.
back to the UCW radio show. We're here with Rocky Laporte. We were talking about the, the struggles, the journey, and everything that has transpired to, to date with him. And we're going to get into more stuff because we really didn't touch on everything. Uh, Rocky, welcome back. We took a little break, and now we're back with you. And, uh, Thank you. Yeah, I feel rested from that break. It you, feels good. You, you like that. You were stretching out. You had your coffee. You had a little something yeah. here, a little something there. <laughs> Probably yeah, got a little massage. You. I don't know. <laughs> um, but, hey, Lou, let me ask you something. Did you know when you were a kid that you go, Hey, I want to do radio. Like, did you you go? This is what I want to do. I, I no, I had no clue. I had no clue. You know, all you know when I, when I was a kid, I guess my thing just to you know since you asked, my thing was mm-hmm. you know I want to take care of my mom, and that that was my motivation for anything I've done. Oh, that's nice, man. And you know when when that happens, you do whatever you need to do to survive, and like like Good you've for done, you, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, you're you're in the same boat. You know, you don't you you didn't you didn't do everything you you did uh, for yourself, or you're still not doing it for yourself. You're doing it for your family. Yeah, yeah. You know, absolutely. So and you grew up over in New York, Lou. Yeah, New York, born and bred. Good for you, man. And then you were a kid, and you go, "I just want to take care of my mom." Huh? You didn't know, like, no, about, you didn't go, "Hey, I'm going to be on the radio. I want to be." Uh, no, a voice out there. No, I had had no clue. And it's funny, people say say I have a voice for radio, and then mm-hmm. uh, recently somebody said, "Hey, you wanna you wanna do some some movie stuff?" I said, "Sure," but I I guess I don't have a face for radio. I guess I have a face for something else too. Good. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that made me feel That's good. Like, hey, at least I'm not I'm not that uh, disgusting looking. <laughs> no, man, you're my Facebook buddy. You're a good looking dude there. Yeah, I'm looking pretty. You're looking pretty. So yes, you are, man. Yeah. So now let, let's talk about the other things that you've done, uh, and then we're going to go into the last comic standing. You know, you. Uh, I mean, you, you you've been doing this for a while. So let let's go through a couple of major events that you've had in your career so far. Well, uh, I remember when I was starting out, like, uh, I remember I started in February of 88, and and then in March, I think it was like my seventh or eighth time on stage. It was St. Paddy's Day of that same year. It was like March, whatever, 14th, 18th, whatever it fell on. And I won this little local contest, and the prize was, like, you flew to Vegas, and you got to go on at, like, some casino out here. Right, and I was like, and I and I remember flying on the plane to Vegas after doing comedy for like a month or so, and I knew then that my life was changing. You know, I go this. It was the weirdest thing. I go, I'm supposed to be on this path, and then uh, I I quit my day job in October of that year. Like I was driving a truck still and doing comedy at night. You were doing the prison deliveries still. Yeah, I was doing the prison <laughs> the prison run. <laughs> Oh my God! <laughs> I'm not even making this up. One time I was in a trailer with this guy. He was a he was a he was a convict, you know. Right. He had this big, big thick neck and like. Uh, can you swear on this show or no? Uh, we can. We're we're okay. yeah, we're, we're good. Um, this was this is what happened. These, these were his actual words. So <laughs> we're in the trailer, and he's asking me like how it was outside. You know, and the guards are out on the dock. You know, and me and him are like unloading this truck. And, uh, I go, uh, like, what are you in for, man? He goes, ah, he goes, and we're like about three feet from each other. 
He goes, my old lady, he goes, she was, I'll say, he goes, she was messing around on me. He goes, so I chopped her effing head off. And he's looking at me, and I go, I go, women. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what are you going to say? Like, oh, yeah, well, exactly. What are you going to say to a guy like that? I chopped her head off. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh. Like, oh. And meanwhile, but, you see, um, actually, that's a skit within itself because right there, I can see it right now. You turn around, <laughs> women, and turn around like, "Oh my God, I gotta get out of here!" <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. That's what's going through your head. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lord, that's funny. So then, uh, yeah, I, I got I got out of that, and then uh, then I remember I was only doing it about a year or two, and I went in and I got an audition to do like a small part on Cheers. Right. And I got the part. I was a construction worker, and I had some lines, and you know, I got on Cheers, and then the Pat Sajak show, and then they had all these little comedy shows on in the late '80s and the early '90s, like uh, Evening at the Improv and Comic Strip Live, and so I started doing all these little cable shows, and it just started rolling, you know, and it mm-hmm. it it was fun, man, and I got to meet like a lot of cool people along the way, and. Uh, I've become friends with like Brett Farr from the Green Bay Packers. Him and those guys came out to see my show and, you know, became friends with him and we'd go to games up there together and to his house and, you know, through him I got to meet a lot of people and, and then I probably like the most, uh, I won a couple contests, but I remember I did the Tonight Show and I was one of the few guys to get a standing ovation on the Tonight Show. I mean, the Tonight and Show is big. That's big. That's yeah, big time. Yeah. That made me really happy. You know, like that was a little feather in my cap. And uh, Tim Allen actually saw it. He was at home in his bed watching it on television. And then he asked me to do a benefit for him. And I did it. And he got me a couple little parts in a couple movies that I didn't even have to audition for, you know. So it was it was nice, you know. Like it all kind of comes back and it goes around and... And now here I am. I'm doing like last time of standing. And originally, well, I but you actually, and, and I need to say this because I know that you're kind of skipping over this, but I want our listeners mm-hmm. to know this. You you gave back. You hooked up with Drew Carey, and you went overseas yeah. for the troops. Yeah, we did. Uh, I did two tours over there in Iraq to entertain the troops, and man, that's. Uh, it's some, you know what the weirdest thing is about that, Lou? Like, these men and women over there, they, they come up to you and they sincerely mean it. I've never seen people more sincere and they go, hey, thank you for coming and bringing a, you know, piece of home, you know, over here to us, like in the middle of the desert. And we were like totally in awe. We're going, you're the ones that are doing the sacrifice. Like, you know, like, we get to go home in two weeks, you know, like, these poor guys and girls, they had to stay there for like a year or two, yep. you know? And they were thanking us. I'm like, man, we're here to thank you, you know? And Drew's a great guy. Like, Drew did, I don't know how many tours. He went over there to Iraq and Afghanistan. And uh, he, he's, he's really a, a huge supporter of the USO, you know? But it was fun. I'm glad we did it. And it was great to do. And, you know, we got to support our people, you know? Yeah, you have to, and that, that's part of paying it forward. And that's what I said earlier in the show, that, you know, comedy and what you're doing, and as you grow in, in, in your profession, it allows you, yeah, of course, you're going you're gonna to do well financially, you know, your life's going to get better, but it's going to allow you to do things that 
you know, that, that actually fulfill your life. Absolutely. You know what, man? I really think, like uh, most comics, you get more out of doing those benefits than than they do. Like, it just it fills your heart. It's sure. just like, holy cow, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I can definitely imagine, especially you have people there, you have soldiers there for, you know, six months, a year, some of, some of, uh, on mm-hmm. their second and third tour, and they're there, and you yeah. bring them, as, as we talked about, comedy, you bring them, mm-hmm. you, you kind of let them escape their environment for that little while, and that gives them the boost that they need to keep moving forward. Yeah, yeah, you're right about that. You're yeah. right about that, buddy. And and that's the good stuff. So now, uh, you did that, and you you've done a, a few other shows. But then you you how did you get involved in Last Comic Standing? Because that that's kind of you know, um, it's it's kind of interesting um, how you got involved in that. Well, yeah, it is. You know what happened? Uh, this is my I think my fourth time doing that show. Like. I think, I think I did season two and three and I don't know if it was four or five, but, uh, early on that show, I remember the first time I went in it, I lost to a stripper. Like this girl was like, what, are you kidding me? Like, you know, you don't mind losing to a good comic, but a stripper, like back then, the sh- and then I think another year yeah. I lost a guy in a gorilla suit. Like they had some guy up there in a gorilla suit and you lost to the stripper, then, but you know, it's, it's, that's bad because there's no payoff with that either. <laughs> I know, <Yeah>. right? <laughs> it was off, like, and back then, they were just looking for types, you know, like they wanted the hot chick, and they wanted the the sassy, you know, loud girl, and they were just pretty much looking for types, and the show was, uh, I don't know, it was more of a reality show than a comedy show, mm-hmm. and I wasn't going to do it this time, but uh, Paige Hurwitz, and uh, who's the one of the producers with Wanda Sykes? Right. They go, no, no. They go this year. Like Wanda wants to make sure that it's 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 about the art of stand up, and and so they kind of asked me to do it. But I go, you know what? As long as there's a level playing field, as long as I'm not going to lose to a stripper, you know, or something stupid like that, like I'll do it. So I went in with a lot of hesitation. You know, I go, ah, you know, I hope this is not a, you know. Uh, you know, cluster, you know, the word, um, like it was in the past, but, um, there was some stupid things, like some of the challenges I wasn't crazy about, but I don't know. Well, there needs to be some stupidity there. (laughs) I I guess, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But you know what? It was a long road and it was a lot of work, but, and my whole goal the whole time I go, I just want to get to the top five. I just want to get to the top five. And that's what I got. You know, I made it to the top five. And, and, and now and, I got to concentrate on, you know, bringing it home now. Yeah, and now you're there and you're getting all the accolades and recognition that you deserve. You know, and I said this no, before and I'm you. saying it on this show, Rocky, that I, there's no way in the world that I, that you, there's any producer, any TV executive, they're putting together a comedy show you know, for a sitcom or something, they need to look at you because what you have, how your, your, your bits go, you know, they're not forced. It's just actually just you just telling stories and you're yep. not forcing anything. And that's what makes it more natural. Oh, thanks, man. Thank you. It was so funny. 
I had two development deals for a, a sitcom, you know, and I had one with CBS and one with ABC. And what are the odds of this happening, Lou? Like my, the first deal I had, the the uh, actors went on strike, and then the second deal I had, the writers went on strike. It's like, are you kidding me? I, so my I, deal I, it just, sounds like a conspiracy to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's what happened, man. And then after that, like, you know, I was in L.A. for 14 years. And and then, uh, you know, we ended up getting a divorce. And, you know, we I'm moved back to, to Chicago. And it's okay. Well, everything's good now, though. Me and my ex are on good terms. And oh, well, I make jokes about her. Yeah, of course you're on good terms because she's not in front of your face. <laughs> yeah, and I get to pay her all that alimony. So yeah, that, 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 that's always good. Yeah, she's happy. And, and you just get to tell <laughs> yeah. your jokes. Uh, hey. It's a yeah, win-win. <laughs> pretty much. I get to make fun of her, yeah. Oh, she gave you material. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> but it's all good now, you know, That's everything's good. good. and Yeah, and then they were all doing all reality shows, so a lot of comics left L.A. because no one was getting those, you know, like everybody loves Raymond was like the last, like, you know, really good sitcom like that, like in that vein for stand-ups, you know. But now it seems like it may be coming back uh, the other way again, you know? Yeah, I think they're pushing. I think, you know, like NBC, CBS, they're pushing in that direction. They have been, you know? And, mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. but the audience has to be there. And I think now the audience wants that because, you know, the reality, nonsense, the, that brainless stuff, you know, it's mm -hmm. like it's like too much. It's just too, it's too over the top. And a lot of it was mean-spirited, you know? Like somebody was getting, you know, voted off or punched in the head or you know what i mean it was always there was a lot of mean spirit to it you know yeah. well if we, yeah then that that's you know because that is what gets the viewers involved it's like death race they want to see somebody get hurt <laughs> you know yeah 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 you know but you're but you're doing some fantastic things out there rocky and you know if you know as far as uh um uh, a sitcom goes i and i said this to you before I see you in a sitcom, and CBS, NBC, Fox, whatever it may be, even TBS, you know, they were looking to get someone to to be in a sitcom that would make people laugh and, and kind of get them inside, you would be that guy, because it's not forced. That's the thing that drives me crazy. It's not forced, because you see comics that force, and you know this, they force it out. They try to force you to laugh. Yep. You yep. just do it, and you, and you, and you, it's like, and I see you sometimes, it's like you're not even trying, you're just saying something, and it just sounds funny, because of your you personality. You want to my agent, hire you, I like this. Yeah, well, I think your agent should actually should be working harder to get you on there, because the reality is, you know, uh, with all the, uh, the programming that's going out there, and there are a lot of networks out there that are looking for content, and content is king. You have Netflix, they're doing original stuff, and then you have Amazon doing original stuff. Google is going to wind up doing original stuff at some point, so there's going to be a lot of outlets, and they're going to be looking for that talent. And if your agent is listening to this show, you know, your agent should be on the horn with somebody, anybody, everybody, and people should know. But I think what's going to wind up happening with this last comic standing, I think that that is going to put you in a light now because now there's no, there's more marketing behind it. There's more, you know, social media behind it. And it's more of a serious show right now as opposed to the, 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 uh, the stripper and the monkey, you know? Yeah, yeah. 
And I guess the ratings are good because it, it, they got picked up for next year. Like, they got an order for next year, which is good. And I guess they were winning their night, so that's good. And I think now that we're in the top five, it's going to shake down a little different. And we got a huge tour coming up in the fall. It's like a 50-city, two-and-a-half-month tour. It's kind of insane. Wow. But, yeah, we'll get into a lot of markets and, you know, meet a lot of new people. And it'll, it'll be great. I'm excited about it, you know. Yeah, well, at least you're not going to have to sleep in your car. That's a plus. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. We're going to sleep on a bus now. Yeah, exactly. You sleep on a bus. Yeah, but you know what? Those buses now, they're nice and comfy. They have the toilet on there. You know, as long as people don't make a mess in there, then you're yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. I hope it ain't a Greyhound. Hopefully yeah. it'll be like something decent. Oh, you know? my God. They'll put you on a piggy bus. You're so going from place to yeah. place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Too much. So now, last comic standing. You're you're, the, you're in the uh, top five. Now, what? Yes, wh- where's, when's this airing? Is this going to be a live uh, show? Uh, you know what? I, they keep telling us different stuff every week, like what's like we have to go back right now. Like uh, every there was, we taped some stuff, and now we're going back to go from five to four. Like we're going back this week, and then we're gonna go five to four to three, two, one. Right. So uh, yeah, like you know, originally uh, they said that they weren't gonna let the audience vote; that they were gonna let the three judges decide. They go unless NBC wants to decides to do it at the end, but. So I still don't even know. Like, that's still up in the air, you know. Mm. I personally hope the audience does get the vote because uh, I think um, I'd have a good shot like that, you know, instead of having your fate rest in the hands of three people, you know. Yeah, but I think that now with these shows, you know, because I see you see this with uh, America's Got Talent, all this stuff, you know, they're looking – for and you even see with that American Idol, they're looking for an act that they can market. They're looking for someone mm-hmm. that they can market because at the end of the day, you know, and I'm sure I know what happens with American Idol, all these shows that they get they get a piece of the action if something should happen from that show. So if that's the case, it's in their benefit to you know to get to get you out there. And you know, again, this is my opinion. You know, at all the comics mm-hmm. there, you're the one that makes me laugh the most. <laughs> so oh, thanks. You, you, you're you're top shelf there, Rock. Oh, thank you. You know what's so funny? A couple of my friends that did the show, they told me to go. You don't want to win this show, and I go, why? They go, because you get locked down with a one year deal with NBC, and no one's ever got anything from it, mm-hmm. and like a couple of my friends said, like they got to do a bunch of, like they got to do Letterman and Conan. They got to do a, a bunch of different things on different networks where like the winner, uh, NBC kind of had them under wraps for a year mm. where other people kind of went off and did their own and kept the heat going, you know? Yeah, I, I can so, see, I can but, see that happening. I can see that happening because mm-hmm. they have this thing with, and I know with, uh, with, with Jimmy Fallon. That if you don't do Jimmy Fallon's show first, you're not doing it at all. That is how they work. He was what? Jimmy Fallon was what? Well, on on his show, if you don't do mm-hmm. Jimmy Fallon's show first, you're not going to do it at all. Oh, is that right? Yeah, and that that's that's the deal. I mean, because they they know they have the ratings, they know they have a lot of things there, and they know that he's the oh, man. You know, and that's I how the see. network works. They do the same thing with CNBC. If you don't go on CNBC first, you're not going to come on CNBC because they want the is first. That right? Yep. 
Yep, that's how um, that, that's how that works, you know. But I think you know, uh, win, lose, or draw, rock, that you're gonna come out on top because your time's at hand. Okay, like like yeah. like uh, uh, like Robert De Niro had tattooed on his body in Cape Fear. Okay, your time's at hand. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man. Okay. Yeah. It, thank it, you. I appreciate that. And you know what? I'm just like this is. I wanted to get to the top five, and a lot of my friends said. They go, man, sometimes the runners-up do better than the winners sometimes. I mean, it'd, it'd be great to win, and, you know, quarter million dollars. Who wouldn't love to have that, you know? Sure. Because after you pay your agent and, you know, your manager and taxes, you'd have to come away with probably like a 1000 bucks of that at least, right? Yeah, exactly, and you can go buy yourself a Starbucks latte, <laughs> you can go with the venti, and then you're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe get a donut or a donut in there. Oh, you're, you're going to have to go to Dunkin' Donuts for that one. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't think you can afford You're not going to be able to afford the Starbucks donut at that point. <laughs> okay, a little pricey, yeah. a little pricey. You know, but, the, you know, I again, as I said, win, lose, or draw, I think you win anyway because you're, you're getting the notoriety. You know, people are taking notice again. And, you again, you haven't been doing this. You know, it's not like you just started doing this yesterday. And I'm happy that mm-hmm. people are starting to take notice. They're like, hey, you know what? You know, Rocky Laporte, yeah, this guy's funny. And I know, and I'm saying this on this show, I know that you're going to be in some sort of sitcom in the near future because it makes sense. You know, you got you got Fluffy Guy out there doing whatever he's doing. And I remember when he, when, when, when Gabriel, when he was doing this and he was out there, you know, I, I said, this guy's funny. He's going to get somewhere. He's going to be the guy. Okay, mm-hmm. and he got out there doing his thing. You know, he's out there making his money, doing what he has to do. You know, and I think that you're gonna you're gonna do well off of this. And and I know that's gonna okay. happen. So I'm looking forward to seeing you on your own sitcom at some point, so I can sit down, kick back, and say, "Yep, I knew it." Ah, uh, thanks, Lou. I appreciate that. No. And then when we come over that way in the fall, I'm gonna I'll have you come out for the show. You hear? I know we're coming to New York and all that on a tour this fall. Oh, definitely. And uh, I'll hook you up with some tickets, and you, you come out and see the show, okay, buddy? I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I will be there to support you, and I and I have and actually I could bring some cackling friends too. They'll be laughing for you. Oh, <laughs> uh, thanks, yeah. man. All right, but listen, Rock. I know that you need uh, you have a meeting, and and just for our listeners to know that Rocky has a very important meeting. He's in Vegas, and he took time out. Uh, to do the show today, and I do appreciate it, Rock. You know, and you're very uh, welcome. I'm glad we got to touch base here. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And then we're gonna have you on, you know, again in the future because I want to get some updates and some feedback. You know, I mean, I'll get the updates, but I want our listeners to get some feedback and updates when uh, everything moves forward with Last Comic Standing and everything else that you're doing. I would love to, my friend. All right, beautiful. Now, before before we let you go, uh, I want you to give uh, your website information, social media information, so that our listeners can follow you and follow your career. Because I I know this is going to be on fire. That you're going to be you're going to be like you're going to be in the movie with all those top comics, like what um, um what what's what's his face? I think Ben Stiller did it, or um, I forget who did it. Oh yeah, just don't say Dane Cook. Oh no, Dale! Oh my God, I, I think somebody should somebody somebody got to take his finger. That's, that that guy's out of control. That's how, that's how he's out of control. I'm kidding. <laughs> but yeah, get, let's get that website information. Okay, it's uh, Rocky R O C K Y uh, Laporte L A P O R T E 
dot com, RockyLaporte dot com, and uh, I'm a, I have a you know what, Lou? I wish I could get more people. You know, I'm at five thousand people already on my Facebook page, but I have a, a comedian Rocky Laporte fan page that you know I put updates and you know people can post on there, and I I write them back, and then you know I'm Rocky Laporte at, at Twitter, and uh, I try and write everybody back. Sometimes I can't get to them all, but mm-hmm. uh, you know I try to write everyone and you know keep in touch with the fans and. I honestly appreciate everybody's support. Like, I can't stress that enough. You know, like, a lot of people are behind me on this, and I'm they're on the ride with me, you know. Like, mm-hmm. they're excited as my family and that my kids are, and that, that makes me happy that a lot of people are on this ride with me, including you, my friend. Uh, well, I'm here for the ride because, you know what, you know, the, the journey is the best part, not the end result. Because when you when you're a big super duper star and you're not talking to me talking to me anymore, you know that doesn't matter. Okay, what well, what what matters is what's happening now and what has happened and where you're going. Because these are the stories that last beyond you. These these are the things that people talk about after you know you're gone and everything. You know this is how you leave your statement on the world, and that's what it's about. So, Thanks, man. I appreciate that, Lou. You got it, Rocky. And listen, thank you again uh, for coming on. And I want our listeners, go support Rocky Laporte. Go to RockyLaporte.com. Check him out on Twitter, Rocky Laporte, Facebook, all social media. Definitely support him when when he's out there performing. You see his name on a billboard, in the paper, something. Go out, watch this man. Trust me, he will make you laugh because he cracks me the hell up. He will make you laugh. Thanks, brother. Rocky, thank you so much. Thank you. You too, my friend. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Initiating shutdown sequence. You're listening to UCW Radio in your face. What is your major malfunction? So let it be written. So let it be done. Ladies and gentlemen, my mother thanks you, my father thanks you, my sister thanks you, and I thank you.